You're on Arvo's. My name's Brad and I'm with you until 5pm. Now, Curtis Hatton joins me on the line at the moment. He's the owner of Collingwood's high-end recording complex, Studio Truth. He's also an SAE graduate. He graduated SAE Brisbane in 2009. Curtis, how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Good, good. Tell us about Studio Truth and uh, I guess what inspired you to set this up? Sure. Uh, so Studio Truth, uh, there are two of us here in uh, Australia. There is one in Brisbane, the uh, also an SAE alumni, Tyson Ruth. Uh, and then I run and own the second one down here in Melbourne, Collingwood, Studio Truth, Melbourne, aptly named. Excellent. Tell us about the studio and I guess what kind of clientele um, are you focusing on? For sure. So uh, down here in Melbourne, there are four engineers, all of us focusing on different genres. Myself, uh, I focus a lot on the pop sort of thing uh, and often um, indie clients as well. Um, the kind of thing we focus for here is quality is number one. So we work as hard as we need to to get things as good as they could possibly be. Uh, it's a little bit different as well. We are very homely, very uh, very calming and not bright light sort of studio, uh, mostly because we like comfort over fancy pants stuff, if that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tell us about why there's two locations. Obviously, that's quite beneficial for artists who are, I guess, in both of those cities. Um, Are there challenges that go along with having two studios or is it a big plus? It's a, it's totally a massive plus. We just pull our resources. So uh, the reason why there are two, it started out as just the Brisbane one. I, I was up there uh, in Brisbane and we just got too busy for that one space. So we needed a second one uh, and we didn't want to oversaturate. And I've always wanted to move to Melbourne. So that's why we did two. Uh, but the benefit is that, of course, whenever my or Tyson's artists are touring, um, we can share resources. So if my client's up there and they've got the perfect idea, they're, they can go visit Tyson and he can he can look after them and send the stems my way and vice versa. Also, we do frequently visit each other's cities. Uh, so if we you know have to do a little mix revision or a mastering revision or something like that, we can usually just do it at the other person's studio. Sharing the same monitoring environment and monitoring speakers certainly helps there. Yeah, I suppose that would set you apart from a number of other studios in Australia, yeah? Absolutely. I mean, uh, I don't know many that are that are kind of doing that. And it's not that it was a completely thought out plan, it just sort of ended that way. But we're uh, hoping to continue expanding as things happen through the, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. And can you tell us about some of the clients that you've had recently or some notable ones that uh, stick out to you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean... There are certainly uh, some exciting stories from all sorts of different things. All of them are usually spontaneous. I think the one of the classic crazy stories we have is a particular producer and artist from India called Deep Jandu. He's uh, actually quite uh, famous over there, but I was completely unaware of his status. And uh, when he came through at the complete drop of a hat at, I think, 11 p.m. on a Sunday or something, he ended up here with about 40 people that came through until two in the morning. Um, that's happened a few times with him. <laughs> how, uh, how do you house that many people in your studio? I bet that was uh, a tight space to work in. Yeah, it was, uh, well, it was completely unexpected. Um, but the way that those guys work in particular, it's himself as the producer and he had a top liner with him. Uh, and the way they work is they have local artists who are fans of his come through and work with him for an hour or two 
and they'll just write a song with them then and there and then they churn out and it's the next group of people. So within the space of, I don't know, 10 hours or so, they went through yeah, 40, 50 people or something like that. It was crazy. And I guess as, as your job, do you have to be quite malleable with how you approach people's personalities? Because um, obviously each client's going to be different. They're each going to have their own particular way of doing things. How much adjustment on your end do you have to be prepared for? That is an excellent question. <laughs> it certainly does vary person to person. Some people, uh, their creative process is, is very rigid and very precise and others, they really just like to experiment. And I think as the engineer and producer, uh, it can be a very tough thing to manage and find out what works best for them without, of course, um, you know, going for a billion years. <laughs> so keeping things uh, productive, but also exciting and creative can be a very delicate line to tread. And how do you gain those skills? Do you just have to do it and learn by experience? Or is this something that um, you learned from someone or somewhere during your, your um, development? Uh, certainly, um, working with and around other engineers over the years, uh, has helped me learn a certain, certain sets of tools and certain phrases that you can say, but, uh, you really hit the nail on the head though. Unfortunately, it is something you can't rush. It was just making so many mistakes, uh, <laughs> it's been too much time on certain ideas and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Uh, but I think that's the same with everything, isn't it? You really got to make mistakes to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about your time at SAE. Obviously, it's been um, a number of years now since you graduated. Do you still draw on any skills that you learned from your time at SAE in Brisbane? Absolutely. I think when I got in, I was extremely young. um, And so I was very green to everything audio. I I mean, I, I knew my way around music to a degree, but in terms of the the technical things of audio engineering, I, I was pretty green. So uh, it taught me all of the the basic things of why you would do something as opposed to what you do. So learning about things like how sound works, how it works through an acoustic space, the Fletcher-Munson curve, uh, the psychoacoustics, perceiving audio and, and why you would use a certain compressor in a certain scenario – those sorts of things at the time seemed quite overwhelming, but certainly sunk in. And now being in the industry for over 10 years, I'm still falling back on, you know, why you would do a certain thing and understanding the concept behind it. And I think that makes it so much better than, um, say, just watching a video on YouTube, someone saying, oh, I always use a, a LA2A on vocals. Why do they do that? And, and going through SAE um, and having some of those great lecturers there really uh, sort of backed up the why. Yeah. So now when I make uh, choices, I do them confidently. Right. And being a people-based business, um, is there anyone in your mind that you can think back on at SAE that helped you through your time? Is there anyone that, that um, stands out to you? Uh, in terms of personnel at SAE? Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure if they're still there, but uh, Michael Page was certainly a uh, very influential player in my um, time there at SAE uh, Brisbane. And also Dylan Crawford uh, was exceptionally uh, valuable to me um, in my time there. 
I'm not sure if those guys are still there, but shout out if they are. <laughs> <laughs> we'll certainly pass that on uh, if we can track them down. Now, we're in really interesting times at the moment, um, obviously with uh, global events such as COVID-19 that's taken, uh, I guess, a big toll on the entertainment industry, not only in Australia, but worldwide. How has that affected your work, um, I guess, as a studio owner? It's certainly strange, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, there, it's affected us in a number of ways. Uh, certainly, we've seen bookings start to take a hit. Uh, people being, you know, for, for whatever reason, not wanting to go out or not having the finance to do so and things like that, we completely understand. Uh, we are in a very fortunate position uh, here at Studio Trees Melbourne because we are usually quite busy. We have plenty of work up our, uh, up our sleeve to keep busy with whilst bookings are low, such as mixing, editing, and things like that. Um, but look, the long and short of it is we really have had to bring in a few new policies just during this time, things like limiting the amount of people that come through here from you know groups such as now we're just doing one person or two people at most at a time, um, and uh, you know, all sorts of things like that. And we've, we've also told a few of our engineers just to maybe give us a bit of space for a while just to keep foot traffic to an absolute bare minimum. Um, and uh, yeah, a few other things of that sort of nature, basically, to keep the foot traffic down. And in terms of, I guess, your bread and butter work, is a lot of it um, able to be done via uh, distance or on the internet or online? Have you had to make many immediate adjustments to your, I guess, how you do your work? Uh, not just yet, although I do think it's around the corner. Um, but I think, again, as engineers, we are quite fortunate for this particular climate where we are very uh, solitary <laughs> most of the time, uh, you know, and, and fortunately, like I was saying, we, we kind of got through a bunch of recording stuff just before this hit. So now we have a heaps to get through with the editing and mixing, which people don't necessarily have to be here for. We can always send files over the Internet or have chats over the phone for what kind of revisions they're looking for. Um, but to be honest, it really does uh, hit on a personal note. I, I really do get a kick out of the face-to-face -face interaction. There's nothing that matches playing someone's mix back for the first time with them in the room and watching their face. And unfortunately, at the moment, we're trying to avoid that kind of thing. I mean, have you spoken to many artists um, in regards to this situation and how it's affected them on a performance level and, and on an income level? Yeah, you know, it's, it's been a real tough one. Uh, just as it was starting to unfold, I was working with a, an artist at the moment, which I'm having a lot of fun with, and they're, they're a full-time user themselves. And uh, during the session here, we were tracking uh, some demos for uh, during that time, they had three cancellations of their paid gigs. Uh, fortunately, one of them or two of them, I think, were um, kind of covered already. But that was just sort of an immediate indicator of just how serious this was going to be, especially for the entertainment industry. Um, since then, I've, I do try to uh, keep busy in the downtime, giving a call to a few of our clients that are regulars just to see how they're doing and it's a it's a mixed bag, people up and down, but uh, certainly a lot of them have lost their revenue, which is a, obviously a strain. Uh, but the good news is that people are keeping busy. It's certainly, almost everyone I've spoken to has been writing during this time because, I mean, what else do you do when you're stuck at home with your guitar for all week? 
Yeah, um, it's it's funny, but, isn't uh, it, to see how different I guess musicians are. Uh, uh, using the time that they have. I mean, yes, they've had a lot of financial stuff taken away from them and maybe some stability, um, but they have been given um, some interesting opportunities such as time to write, but also connect with their fans in a more intimate way in the online space. It certainly is interesting uh, and quite uplifting in a way when you scroll through the socials to see all of these uh, free live streams of of all sorts of different people on different levels. And I, I think it's just a, a bit of a testament to the human nature, sort of making the most of bad times, uh, which is quite uplifting, I think. Yeah. And what do you, what would you recommend to consumers who um, obviously uh, aren't musicians themselves and maybe not necessarily be aware of how, how uh, reliant artists are on their patronage to their live gigs and their, um, music streaming what what do you recommend to the average consumer of music that's a great question I, I think ultimately this is a really good time to hopefully illustrate just how uh important it is and, and just how they kind of live their day-to-day or struggle to at the moment and my advice would be as soon as this is all over and when shows start kicking off again please go down and see your local artists and you know what, dig deep, buy a shirt, you know, buy a CD or something like that, because this is how a lot of them just make their living. So see your local artists. Always, always recommend that. <laughs> um, and what kind of music have you been, I guess, uh, getting through these weird times with? Obviously, we're all spending a lot more time alone, and it's a perfect opportunity to dive into the old CD collection or vinyl collection and rediscover some music or discover some new stuff. What's been getting you through this time? Oh, that I've been listening to. Uh, I've been going on a bit of a uh, all sorts of eclectic collection lately. I've just been listening to the uh, the what's her name? Oh, hang on, I'll, I'll bring it up because I've forgotten already. The Julian uh, Julia Jacqueline record that came oh, out. Yeah. I think it was 2019. Mm, great um, Awesome, awesome stuff. And uh, Golden Hour by Casey Musgrave is a 2018 record that I missed when it came out, uh, it's just blown me away in terms of writing and production. Did not see myself as a country fan, but that record <laughs> is truly quite special. Okay. All right. Well, some interesting picks there. Um, Curtis, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I hope you can ride this um, COVID-19 wave through um, and hopefully the uh, music industry will pick up again and bounce back. Um, but it sounds like you're doing all the right things at the moment. So congratulations on Studio Truth. Thank you very much. We'll uh, see you on the other side.